everybody. This is the CT Improv Podcast. I'm Julia Pistel, and with me today I have Joe Leonardo. I am Joe Leonardo. Otherwise known as the Joe Leo. That is true. <laughs> that is, I use that for uh, my email address. So Joe, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, to now. Uh, I was born in Hartford. Uh-huh. I am a Scorpio. Ooh. I am a hypochondriac, I have OCD, and I am afraid of Siamese twins. Oh, is that true? That's true, yeah. Have you ever met Siamese twins? No, I actually do have a, a bad fear of Siamese twins. Like, uh, when I was younger, I remember one time I was lying in bed late at night, and this was back when Howard Stern was on the E! channel. Uh-huh. And uh, I was just flipping through the channels, and I saw, I landed on Howard Stern, and I just saw, like, two, you know, like a brother and sister with their heads together. I thought they just had their heads together, like they were just leaning into each other, talking. Yeah. And then when I realized their heads were stuck together, I just panicked and Wait, freaked that, out. Wait, that's impossible. A brother and sister? It was two people. It okay. was, like, a brother, sister, Siamese twins. But they have to be the same gender. It was two people. I All don't right. remember if it was so brother and sister. So it was probably two sisters, but one looked like a dude. Probably. But... <laughs> You gotta remember, it was a brief shot of these people with their heads stuck together, and it completely freaked me out. And, uh, yeah, so, I have a very bad fear of Siamese twins. Would you say that's, like, a major part of your identity? Um. Or more of a fun fact? I, I'd say, yeah, I guess. Because I don't know if it's normal. Yeah. Do, norm, do people fear other, even if, like, they were nice, I'd still be like, no, get away from me. You know, there's a, a pair of Siamese twins. No. Do you say a pair of Siamese twins or a Siamese set of twins? I, I, I think a pair of Siamese twins would be four people, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get out of that yeah. grammatical thornbush. But one of them mm-hmm. is two girls. One of them is getting married. I just read this in the news. What, what's the other one doing? Watching. That sucks. Is she the bridesmaid? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what if she was cut out of the wedding? I don't know. Anyway, back to you. So, um, tell us, like, um, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in CT or improv or stand-up or whatever. Um, well, it starts way back when I used to work at a music store called Music and Arts Center, and I hated my job. <laughs> and uh, I used to have a boss named Jared, and he was, a, he was, he was something else. But we were just talking, like, we should get our own public access show or something, just randomly talking. And we're like, well, we should do stand-up. So we went to Shays in Manchester, I'm going to say. I think it's Manchester. By the Buccaneers Mall. Okay. And it was, I went up, and Jared didn't go up. It was pretty good for my first time. My first joke was horrible. What was it? Do you remember it? Uh, I remember bits and pieces, but I don't know if I remember the whole thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to try, I'm going to say it, but I'm not going to say it like if I'm doing the joke, cause I'm pretty sure I had like a way of saying it, but it was basically the idea of, actually I was a big fan of Ben Bailey. He's the host of, what's the, uh, the cash cap. Okay. And I remember seeing his standup set and I was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to try to do jokes like him, but his jokes aren't really jokes. They're just weird stories that don't have punchlines. So mm-hmm. he was, like, the worst person to try to, like, write a set <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I had zero stage presence, had zero stage time experience at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to try to emulate this comic who's 100% stage presence <laughs> <laughs> and zero writing. So uh, 
he was just like he he told like these crazy stories that would get like big laughs. I'm like, I can write crazy stories like that. So my first joke was, I'm like, oh, you know, it's crazy on the highway when somebody's you know tailgating you or something. I'm like, yeah, you know, I hate it when people are tailgating. You know, like, just driving here, I was tailgated by some truck, you know, and it had all these like big lights on it and everything. I was like, what's this guy's deal? And of course, he had like some sign in the front that said something like ambulance or something. <laughs> so. The joke was that I was slowing down an ambulance trying to pass me. And then it progressed into, you know, then I slammed down my brakes, you know, because I like to get rear-ended so I can get the insurance money. And I get in there, and after I look inside, I'm like, oh, man, thank God I stopped these guys because they got a dead body in the back anyways. Oh, no. Yeah. And it, it must have been It was an ambulance. Yeah. And it must have been junkies because they had needles and medicines and all this stuff. That seems like a pretty... It was horrible. It tanked. <laughs> It was not good. It was horrible. But there was this comic uh, when we did. Oh, that's me. Right here. Oh, uh, oh! I should say here that Thank you. Joe has ordered a sandwich. There you go. Hi, Mike. We're, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mike. He's a waiter at City Steam, and he thinks this is ridiculous. So, anywho. Joe is eating a chicken, chicken filly with a side of fries. And a Colt Light. And a Colt Light lager. So, anywho. I was, um, just bad. But there was this guy, Mike Shoestock. He's still doing comedy. I think he's doing pretty well, too. He was a, uh, a bartender at Funny Bone. He was always like, that ambulance joke, that's a good joke. He always, like, give me, like, you know, he was very nice to me. He said, yeah, it's a, it's a, what are you talking about? It's a good joke. What are you talking about? It's a good joke. I'm like, it's a horrible joke. What are you talking about? It sounds like it was perhaps too elongated. It's stupid. It was just <laughs> bad. It was just bad. It was just a bad oh, joke. Oh, man. So you did stand up for a while. You worked at the Funny Bone at some point. I worked box office at the Funny Bone. The guy, if you go to for the tickets, you either call, make reservations, or <laughs> you go there, you buy tickets. That was me. I was that guy. So, was this, if I'm to understand correctly, all to get a show on public access? No, that was just a random thing we used okay. to talk about. All right, so it was a launching pad. That was just like, we little we BS. We like, hey, we, we should get a show on public access. Yeah, we're funny. Little did we know, we knew nothing about anything. Yeah, ever. I mean, so that actually leads to an important CT tenant, which is that you really have to learn comedy and practice a lot and study hard. So do you want to talk? You know, I don't know. It's more like, yes, it's very much. You need to learn and study and practice. But technically, the brain is still the same. Mm-hmm. I think my sense of humor is exactly the same from when I started. Mm-hmm. I just know I know how to, to steer the vessel. Oh, you deep. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very deep. Because <laughs> there's a lot that goes into comedy that you don't want to get distracted from, like staging and stuff like that. Right. can be distracting. Right. So you have your idea of what's funny. And to have it come across in a clean way, you want to make sure there's no crazy little that's distractions. Like, like uh, you know, unless that's part of your act. Let's let's say, who's that guy there that with the cerebral palsy, the stand-up comic? Uh, I don't know. Josh Blue. Anybody? Nope. Josh Blue. I think it's, I'm going to go with Josh Blue. Um, he has he was in a um, stand-up show there. Uh, SNL. No, 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 no. Oh, stand-up show. The, the uh, contest. Anywho. You watch a lot more stand-up than I do. He was uh, America's Next Stand-Up or something. Oh, 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 yeah. He was like second place, first place or something. Uh-huh. Really good. He was cerebral palsy. He can't stop twitching and tweaking. Right. But it's part of his act. Exactly. And it's awesome. You have to know who you are and then know how to present it in a comedic Exactly. Way. 
Yeah. You can't, like, I'm not Ben Bailey. Mm-hmm. I can't deliver a joke like that. That's <laughs> not my personality. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's something that has become a strength of CT is each individual member is so unbelievably different. Like, when you hear Greg's podcast, you're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so Greg, you know? And then it's the same with you. We each have our own very specific style. We're not trying to emulate each other. And we shouldn't because it would be absurd. But it's almost like, you know, when you combine two colors and you make another color. Yeah. It's the same shit. Beautiful. Can I swear? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So you have two different ingredients. You mix them together, you get something else. It's beautiful. It's, it Very is, much so. might I say, art. Mm. Oh, making barbecue art right now. Yeah. <laughs> we got a sandwich artist upstairs. Oh, my God. So, Joe, mm. tell me something, anything in the world that you find really funny. People getting hurt. People getting hurt? Can you, like, be specific? Like, jackass? Yeah, but it's staged. It's funny, but it's staged pain. All right. So All right let me not... Real let me, let me make sure I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> let me make sure I didn't come across weird. Like, you know... No, I think I, you're Okay, let me, let, let me say that differently. I, I, I find, like, unexpected little... I don't know, like, Pink Floyd, the album The Wall. Uh-huh. Written by Roger Waters. Great album. The whole album's about that people build up these walls. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these walls that you hide behind. You know, it's all about, like, apparently how, like, the English people carry themselves and they're very proper and everything. But mm-hmm. everybody got, got weird, deep things inside them that, you know, they keep hidden. Mm-hmm. And, and like, either, like, when you're having an emotional breakdown, you're just in physical pain. All that goes away. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I, I cherish those. I, I love those little... Yeah, when someone's in pain or lost or I guess isolated. Well, now I just now I'm I'm totally make myself seem weird. But like you know, yeah, I love yeah. humor from like real funny. Like there's, I'll give a great example of what I find truly funny. Okay. Dan hosted. We did Odyssey of the Mind. Mm-hmm. That was like uh, 1,500 kids. Right. Dan was hosting, and it was tough to like. We were hosting it for all these kids. We had bad sound. All we had was a little podium with a with a speaker on it, and Dan had a little microphone, and it was just horrible sound. So he did his best to try to, you know, get the uh, kids to pay attention. He did a great job at it. Yeah. But there was a time when more kids poured in because they were doing an award ceremony after. And Dan was trying to get the kids to, like, calm down. He's like, all right. But he just said this thing that was just this little thing. He's like, all right, we're, you know, we're doing a show here. <laughs> but said it in kind of a way, like, you know. That was like, come on, shut the fuck up, we're doing a show. <laughs> but it was like masks behind us. All right, you know, we're doing a show here. And, uh, you know. Yeah, that and was that real little, pain. that little window, you know, if you knew Dan, you would have saw that little window open a bit. And yes. I love that. It's just, when you, it's, I like humor, laughing at things I, you know, because you know somebody so well, you can really see what they're doing, but nobody else can. That is the best. I mean, there are things sometimes that each member of CT does that just, like, mm. absolutely kill me, and only you because it's so... Sitcoms. Why are sitcoms so popular? Because people have an emotional attachment to these characters. Right, and they have an idea of what those archetypes what? represent. Exactly. Yeah. They can... They know what, like, Joey, how he would react. Right. And then they like to get the payoff of seeing him react in that certain way. Absolutely. Or, like, or to get even more generic, like, a housewife. Like, we know what... Carol Brady's or Lucille Ball's struggles are going to be in the show, and then mm-hmm. to see that either met or somehow distorted are really, you know, it gets a big laugh. You know, I had a big realization the other day where, you know, for a long time, 
Greg would be like, oh, we're Lucy and Ricky, ha, ha, ha. And the other day I was like, oh, my God, I think we're Fred and Ethel, you know? We're like, (laughs) (laughs) hapless neighbors. And to to feel your own identity shift, you know, within a sitcom archetype is a really weird feeling. So who would be be Lucy of all in? I don't know. Do you want to be Ricky? You could be little Ricky. Who's little Ricky? Their son. They had a son? Yeah. I never watched it. My aunt loves that show. Oh, man. Oh, My man. My aunt Ilda? She oh, loves... Jeff. I think she loves that show. Little Ricky, the baby, their actual baby, was born around the same time as Little Ricky was born on the show. Mm-hmm. And so that was their idea for getting that kid a SAG card <laughs> their, on the show? <laughs> their baby was on the cover of the first ever TV guide. Really? How's that for trivia? Mm. All right. Back to you. Sure. All right. So people getting hurt or real no, emotional moments. I don't like real emotional moments. <laughs> Either be happy or sad. But I, I enjoy mm, so free dessert. Do you think that happens a lot? Like, how do you think that kind of humor relates to improv? That's what improv is. Like, it's supposed to be reactions. Mm-hmm. It's 100% reactions. And you know, like, when you get tapped in the knee by the doctor, you kick, but you're not thinking about kicking? Right. You emotionally do the same thing. Mm-hmm. When something is given to you, Steph's laughing at me. Because it's called a knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> there you go. A knee-jerk reaction. You. A knee-jerk reaction. Like, the same thing, but like, yeah. A knee-jerk reaction. It's the same thing. And, and you basically, you know, whatever your character thinks or whatever, you do that. Right. Yeah, it's so much about listening mm. and reacting. And reacting. Instead of just trying to make a joke of, like, yeah. the situation. What I, I do, I, I fall know victim of that all the time oh we all do i mean i because you know you crave the audience response mm-hmm. but i think we've noticed that the audience really responds to well first we noticed i guess early on in ct's iteration that the audience was responding to us on you know like they didn't know us as people well, well they're, they're rooting for us yeah they're rooting that's for one us. thing we had yeah but then after a while we started hearing that people like thought of us as individual characters, you know, or stars or whatever. Which we kind of do. I mean, yeah. you got to remember, like, when you do so many shows, you basically just have your certain handful of characters which you, you go to. Yeah. And But it's all centered around your your same personality. Right. It's- like, I'm not going to do someone so different than me that it's not me. I'm not Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not... <laughs> yeah, I can't go from Gangs of New York to There Will Be Blood. But you do a decent Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, God, no. I think John does probably a better Daniel Day-Lewis than me. Uh, well, I do not do Daniel Day-Lewis at all, except uh. by accident. So... <laughs> uh, my left foot? Uh, I mean, Al Pacino... I was trying to go for Al Pacino, and I said my left foot, which turns we out... We were so confused. <laughs> Everyone's just staring at you like, What? What is I, going on? I was panicking, man. I was panicking. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> and those are the things I cherish. Yeah, exactly. A full circle. <laughs> is that. See? And see how funny the story is? Yeah. Because it's real. Yeah. You, you, you thought Daniel Day-Lewis was Al Pacino. Oh, no. It was. You thought my left. You thought Al Pacino was in my left right, foot. Right. Which I've never so seen. my left foot references. Right. It was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, sometimes the reference thing can get difficult. Because, you know, you don't just want to have references that you know. You want to have references that the audience knows and you know. So that's a that's a small cross-section sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, not with Al Pacino. I was an idiot, but... 
you know, references are hard that way. Well, I was doing, like, given, you know, let's say you do party quirks and you're given, like, hey, you have to do, let's say Daniel Day-Lewis. There's only so much you can do. You can't really evolve the character. Right. Or, that's why party quirks, like, games like that, like, you're given, every time we're given, like, if we're given, like, a, a quality, like, let's say someone says, you are afraid of umbrellas or something. Right. You can do whatever you want. You can still make your character, as long as, you know, you can play the game of how many times you're afraid of umbrellas. Right. Your way. But, you know, you do Daniel Day-Lewis, you gotta be Daniel Day-Lewis, and there's yeah. nothing really you can take from it. I mean, you can put your own spin on Daniel Day-Lewis, but... But I think sometimes, once stuck. in a while, I've gotten a reference that I know too late, that I know way more about than the audience, which is just mm. as bad than not knowing at all. Because if somebody gives me, like, Jane Austen... Okay, and I'm making all these references to, like, Mansfield Park. Like, a lot of people aren't going to know what that is. So you have to go Pride and Prejudice or Sense oh. and Sensibility. And the Odyssey of the Mind show, I, it was for all kids, right? Right. I was in interrogation. I was going to get interrogated. I'm making references to the Honeymooners. <laughs> yeah. Completely fell flat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you ultimately have to go for, you know, emotional response, as we were talking about before, you know? Yeah. If your reference doesn't work, at least you have actual listening behind it mm. all right so we have just like a few more minutes left and you already gave me the Couple Siamese... bites left in my sandwich yeah. is perfect timing how is that sandwich by the Delicious. way yeah i suggest it is it your top item on the city steam menu this in the pulled pork yeah that is really good and i like jack and coke yeah. then i asked them to give me a little more jack and they're always like no no they don't do that no no they they just don't so this is what we found out tonight i'm an alcoholic <laughs> Likes. Who likes to see people in pain and is afraid of Siamese twins. All right. Well, and I'm going to ask you for a couple more things because I made sure. Greg do this, so I feel like it's only fair. All right. Off the top of your head, you already use Siamese twins. You can't use it. Okay. Five fun facts about yourself. Um, I like music. I like to make my own music. Okay. Preferably uh, southern folk rock. I don't know why. <laughs> it's not like I listen to a lot of southern folk music. But for oh. some reason, it is, I just write, whenever I want to write a song, it turns out Southern Folky. Yeah. And it's, a lot of songs I write, I try to include a state. I don't know why. Yeah. And there's no, there's no justification behind it. I just do it. Yeah. Well, I think states have pretty awesome names. General, as words. But it's very, it's, 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 there's just nothing to it. It's, it's so, like, generic. You know yeah. what I mean? Mississippi. Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, you know, you mention like a southern state and you get the idea of like this weird nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's one. Oh, what was I supposed to do? Five. Five. Um Okay. Another fun fact. I once drove all the way home from here to mm-hmm. Andover with my hands on the gas pedal. <laughs> Why? And the brake. I just wanted to see if I could do it. I had my right hand on the wheel and my left hand pushing the accelerator and the brake from here all the way to Andover, Connecticut. That's like 20 miles. You're probably 15, 20 miles. Okay. That's uh, two. Okay. Three. I wear like the same clothes all the time. I don't know if that's. Yeah. No, that's relevant. Element. element. The oh, the t shirt. Oh, my God. That's actually my cousin's t shirt from like 2004. Joe's been wearing a stolen T-shirt for a decade. Oh no, seven, eight years. Not a decade. <laughs> Let's not say a decade just yet. Okay. Uh, for number four, what's the best thing you did today? Um, 
the best thing I did today? Yeah. Let's get something in the nap. I ate straight up tuna fish. Out of a can. Nothing else. Delish. Ugh, it's just tuna fish. Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you want a little bit of mayo. You know what I, you know how I make my tuna fish? Here's a recipe. Okay. I take a Portuguese roll, cut it in half. I toast it. No, no, I don't toast it. Not yet. I take tuna fish. I put it in the bowl. I put a little bit of mayonnaise. put a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. I put a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. I put basil. I mix that up. I put it on. It's like now it's like a paste. I put it on a Portuguese roll, and I throw the whole thing in the toaster oven. Oh, and I put a slice of American cheese on top of it. Ooh, I'm burping because I'm scarfing down beer and food. It's recorded forever. Whatever. Um, yeah, then I toast it up, and that's how I eat it. That sounds about 50 times better than anything I've ever made. You want to hear a sandwich I invented called Cardiac Arrest? Sure, this will be your last one. Your last fun fact. Uh, oh, no, okay, you can have a bonus one. I don't have any more fun Go facts. Go ahead, tell us there. about the cardiac arrest. I know you're pushing me, I mean. Oh, let me tell you about the sandwich. A full Portuguese roll, not just a half. You cut it. You fry bacon. This is, I've only done this a couple times. You take the bacon out, you have the grease. You fry the eggs in the grease, all right? Mm-hmm. Take the eggs out, you put two eggs on one half of a Portuguese roll. It's a toasted Portuguese roll. You take the ham, have it that soak up the rest of the grease. You put the, put two slices of cheese on, it's over easy, too. The eggs. Then you take uh, a slice of... American cheese, you put it on top of the yolk. You take another slice of American cheese, put it on top of the other the other yolk. Then you put the ham on top of that. Then you put the bacon on top of it. Then you butter the top part. Put it on. It's called the cardiac arrest. Sounds delicious. I went to my doctor once. I told him about it. He goes, just eat that once a year. <laughs> he was like, you can have that once a year. Well, Joe, <laughs> thank you for talking with me. I hope this is uh, what you wanted. Everyone feels that they mm-hmm. know you now. Tell me a little bit better. This is definitely what I wanted. This is the where the humor comes from. Yeah. This is when you see a city steam show. You see Joe. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi, this is what you get. This is it. This is where the joke's coming from. This is the joke machine. Yeah. Real human pain. This is the real human real, <laughs> real human pain. Siamese twins. Fear of all diseases ever. And disgusting food. And disgusting food. Thanks, Joe. We'll have you back soon. Thank you. Say bye. Bye.